Holy interviews! Hi, this is Burt Ward Robin from TV's Batman. I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. Wowie zowie! To the Batmobile! On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. All right, I hope you had a good week, and this is On Screen and Beyond, the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, and music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, episode 448. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and Burt Ward, Robin from Batman, the 1960s TV show, is here to join us, and we're going to have a good conversation with him. I hope you're going to be all ready for that, and uh, get ready, because he's coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. we get a whole lot of things coming your way about remakes and uh, upcoming new movies and things like that. We'll get back into that in just a minute. Um, uh, wanted to let you know, I went to see Kong, uh, Skull Island, and uh, the, the special effects are amazing. It's, it's really good. But it lacks story. I, I, I wasn't that impressed with it. I, I was very impressed with the uh, the special effects and things, but the story lacked quite a bit. So I was kind of disappointed in what was going on there. But, uh, you know, it's uh, of course, it's uh, one of the biggest movies there is right now. It's number one. And uh, but, you know, it just it just lacked a lot. They really skimped on the storyline, just a lot of, you know, fighting with the Kong. So anyways, uh, that's what I thought about that. And uh, let me know what you think about it. Uh, But anyways, let's get into it. It's time for Remake Madness right here on On Screen and Beyond. Remake Madness. Anna Faris is going to be starring in the remake of the 80s Gary Marshall film, which starred Goldie Hawn back then. Overboard. Remember that one? And uh, Channing Tatum will star as the mermaid, or merman, I should say, role in the remake of Splash, also from the 80s. And a new take on the Robin Hood story is called Marion. This one's going to star Margot Robbie. And uh, the story is taking place after Robin Hood has passed away. That's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg, and Meryl Streep will band together in a film called The Post. Spielberg, of course, is going to be directing the film, which deals with the Washington Post and the Vietnam War. John C. Riley will star as Oliver Hardy in 2018 as one half of the comedy duo Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy, and the film is called Stan and Ollie. Joaquin Phoenix will star as Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. And it's about a man who becomes paralyzed in a car accident at the age of 21 and turns to drawing as therapy. That's it for upcoming new movies next on On Screen and Beyond. Taking you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sequel City, Dave Batista. He's going to be co-starring with Sylvester Stallone in Escape Plan 2. And Scandal's Carrie Washington will join the cast of Cars 3. She's going to be voicing a smarty pants sports car. And the sequel to Bad Boys, Bad Boys 3, has hit another snag. This time director Joe Carnahan has left the film. He was also going to be uh, writing the script. But uh, now they're looking for somebody to direct and write the script. So that's it for that one. That's it for Sequel City, too. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD? TV on DVD, March 11th. ALF, the complete DVD collection, will arrive. uh, And that's going to be in a multi-disc set, of course. And Call the Midwife, Season 6, arrives on May 23rd. And The Last Ship, Season 3, will sail its way into store shelves on May 2nd. That's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? (laughs) Movies on DVD. It looks like The Founder with Michael Keaton will arrive on Blu-ray and DVD on April 18th. And Lion is going to be landing in stores on April 11th. And the Star Wars Rogue One will be flying its way onto Blu-ray and DVD on April 4th. That's it for Movies on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time. It looks like Netflix has a new zombie TV show coming our way called Kingdom, which is set in medieval times during a zombie apocalypse. And John Cryer, haven't heard from him for a while. He's going to be starring in a pilot that uh, hopefully they'll be picking up as far as uh, ABC is concerned. That's where they're trying to get it to go to. And it's called Losing It, if it's going to be picked up. It will be about three siblings, and uh, of course it's a comedy, and uh, it's all about their life and things that go on there. So we'll see what happens with that one. And let's see, we have one more. Turner Classic Movies host, sadly, Robert Osborne has passed away at the age of 84. That's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Next on On Screen and Beyond, Celebrity Birthdays. We baked you a birthday cake. If you get a tummy ache and you moan and groan and woe, don't forget we told you so. Happy birthday! Celebrity birthdays on March 16th, Jerry Lewis turns 91. Eric Estrada turns 68. March 17th, Kirk Russell turns 66. March 18th, it's Charlie Pride turning 79. March 19th, Bruce Willis turns 62. And on March 21st, Rosie O'Donnell turns 55. And on March 22nd, Captain Kirk himself, William Shatner, turns 86. That's it for celebrity birthdays. As far as listener birthdays, uh, let's see. We did get somebody sending one in here. Harry P. turns 39 on March 20th, and he is from Chicago, Illinois. And that is it 
for listener birthdays. If you, a friend or a relative, are going to be having a birthday and want to celebrate it with all of us here at On Screen and Beyond, all the listeners all over the world wishing you a very happy birthday, send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and we will all wish you a very happy birthday. So that's it. Happy birthday to our listeners and our celebrity birthdays this week. Next week, we do it all over again, so get ready for that. That's it for this one now. Burt Ward is going to be joining us. Robin from Batman, back on the TV show back in the 60s. He's going to have a lot to talk about. Burt Ward next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Joining us today on On Screen and Beyond is a true TV icon of the 60s. He is known the world over for his role as Dick Grayson, Robin the Boy Wonder, on the TV show Batman. He recently lent his voice to the reunion animated film with Adam West, Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders, and he also now spends much of his time rescuing dogs for an organization he and his wife Tracy created called Gentle Giants Rescue and Adoptions, as well as Gentle Giant Dog Food. It's Bert Ward. Bert, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Hello, citizen. <laughs> Bert, it is such a pleasure to have you on here. Uh, I got I to tell you, I watched you growing up on TV, and it was uh, it's a thrill to have you here. And uh, we got a lot of things to talk about. It, 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 we all know you as Robin, but looking over the things that you've done in my research, there's so much that probably, I'm sure many people know, but there's a lot of people that won't know this and will be surprised by the things that you've got going on. Well, I think so. And I have to compliment you. The fact that you watched my show growing up just shows how excellent your taste is. <laughs> Well, we'll get into the show uh, a little bit later on, but I'd like to start off what you're currently doing now. And, of course, you've done some animation uh, voiceovers, and we'll get into that. But let's start out. One thing that interests me was uh, this dog rescue uh, thing that you did, the Gentle Giants Rescue and Adoptions. Uh, can, can you tell us a little about that? Oh, absolutely. You know, I like to say, and then actually Warner Brothers loves it, too, when I say this, that I was the caped crusader, and now I am the canine crusader. <laughs> and for the last 23 years, my wife and I have rescued more than 15,500 dogs. Wow. Every one of these dogs would have been put to death if we hadn't stepped in, rescued them, provided complete um, food, shelter, medical care, including sometimes complicated surgeries to save their lives. And then I found every one of them uh, a safe, loving home. And uh, in the course of doing this, and, and we primarily rescue the giant breeds, you know, the Great Danes, the St. Bernard, wow. uh, the Newfoundlands, uh, you know, um, ones that actually traditionally have the shortest lifespans. And in the course of the first couple of years of doing this, the average giant breed dog only lives seven to nine years or in some cases like mastiffs they uh, and, and irish wolfhounds they only live six to eight years wow so when we would lose one of these dogs we were so devastated that my wife and i said 
we're going to find a way. We're going to do something to help these incredibly gentle, loving animals. In fact, that's why it's called Gentle Giants, because with giant breed dogs, the bigger they are, the more gentle they are. Hmm. And I think that's probably because they're not intimidated by man right. when they are bigger than men and women. Right. So we've been rescuing them for the for 23 years, and and about four or five years after we had started rescuing them, we had fully developed a feeding and care program by, by the way we feed dogs and by the way that we care for dogs, which is differently than what everybody else does that we actually pulled out another three years on average to each dog's lifespan. Hmm. So in the case of Great Danes, who have a traditional lifespan of seven to nine years, we were getting them to live consistently 10 to 12 years. And, and that's a pretty big thing just in and of itself. Oh, yeah. So we were very proud of that. But we finally reached a point where we said, you know, if, if, if we really want them to live longer – we really need to change their food. We need to find out how to make the most nutritious food for dogs that would give them a chance to live longer, healthier, happier lives. And when we went about to do this, um, we never intended to sell it. it you have to understand, I mean, you're, we're so consumed rescuing dogs seven days a week with more than 50 in my house for the last 23 years. I mean, you don't have a lot of time to do much else. <laughs> So we uh, we made this food thinking, it, you know, if all went well, you know, that maybe we could add another year, maybe a year and a half to each dog's life. But what we found out in the course of becoming knowledgeable and becoming a manufacturer, it, it was so devastating to us that we, we've never to this day gotten over it. And let me tell you what it is. We found out that... Dog food companies know something the average person doesn't know, which is the more fat content they put in dog food, the hungrier it makes dogs. In other words, if you if if any of your listeners have a dog and they're feeding their dog, go look on the back of that bag. By federal law, there's a chart called guaranteed analysis that is usually right next to the ingredient list. And it details the protein content and the fat content. And what your listeners are going to find out is that just about every dog food sold in the United States, unless it's a diet food that then doesn't have a lot of the other nutrients, but just about every dog food sold has a fat content of 12 to 24%. And you might say, well, what does that mean? Well, let me just tell you. When I spoke to my own medical doctor last time I went in for a checkup, I asked him, I said, you know, humans, we live a hundred years sometimes. Mm -hmm. I said, but a dog lives a very short life. And what would happen if a human being ate even 12%, which is the lowest on their scale? What would, what would happen if a human being ate even 12% fat content in their food at every meal? And he instantly said, it would cut your lifespan in half. Wow. In half. Huh. So what's happening is that the manufacturers of dog food are putting an enormous amount of fat into the food to make dogs hungrier, to make your listeners buy more dog food, to make them, you know, spend more money. Huh. And, wow. And, and, but the, the problem is it's not even the money what's so bad. 
it's a fact it's shortening dogs' lives because dogs, as you know, have an amazing ability to smell. And dogs don't like the smell of fat. They love meat, but not, not fat. And so in order to get dogs to eat fat-saturated dog food, the manufacturers, after they make it, they spray the outside of it with a different kind of animal fat, sometimes using lard, the white stuff you see on, the, on a steak the next day that you would never eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I tell people all the time, I, say, I ask them, would you take bacon grease and pour it down your garbage disposal? Oh, no, I would never do that. I said, why? Oh, it would ruin it. And I said, well, if, if animal fat will ruin a metal garbage disposal, what do you think of the fact that every single kibble of food that you're feeding to your beloved dog is encapsulated completely with fat? What do you think it's doing to your dog's intestines? They said, gee, I never thought of that. Right, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what it's doing. It's killing them. So we make a dog food that, by the way, we don't take any money from. My wife and I. Thank goodness we've done very well. We're very successful. This is our charity. We take no salary from our rescue and no salary from our dog food because we want everybody to be able to afford um, the best food for their dog because people really love their dogs. And all you have to do is ask somebody, how long would you like your dog to live? And guess what, Brian? Everybody says the same thing forever. Right. They don't yeah. want them to die. It's, it's, they're so, members of the family. Exactly. And, and so the bottom line is that we have created a food. We don't add any fat to it. So ours is like 9% fat because there is fat in food. But, of course, you've heard the term good fats and bad fats. Right. What's naturally in food is good fats. What's added to food are often bad fats. But, but ours is healthy, and because it doesn't have all that fat – we don't have to spray a lot of junk on the outside, grease on the outside to get animals to eat it. They love it the way it is. So our food on the outside is bone dry, absolutely dry. Mm-hmm. doesn't have the grease on it. And dogs eating gentle giants are living as long as 27 years. Wow. Nobody's ever that I'm aware of ever had a dog that lived anywhere near that. No, me neither. <laughs> In fact, and to show you, we have right now at our rescue – well, our oldest living dog right now here at our rescue because uh, is is 26 years of age. She's a Russian wolfhound. She's already lived triple her normal lifespan. But in addition to her, we have 24 other dogs here that are 14 to 26 years of age. Jeez. And these are giant breeds that only live six to eight years. So every one of these 24 other dogs has already lived more than twice their normal lifespan. That's consistency. That's incredible. And that's why we make the food. And, and in fact, our motto is half the price and twice the life. Our food retails for half of what you would pay for in a pet food store. Hmm. And yet, our food is the only food that dogs can live into their late 20s, like 26, 27, healthy, active years where the dog is still running around, still playing. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, that's what we do. Huh. And uh, we, uh, we're we very proud of that. And, you know, it's all part of if you, if you love life and you love animals like we do, it's just something you want to do. You, you just and, – and the people, my gosh, you, you, somebody that loves their dog, can you imagine to be able to give them the gift 
of their dog living another 10 to 15 more years. Oh, yeah. It's huge. Yes, that's for sure. I mean, five would be great, you know? I mean, but if you're getting 10 to 15, it's like, wow. Well, you know what I tell you, but it's kind of funny. I have people all the time that say, well, let me ask you, Bert. If I ate that dog food, could I live an extra 10 or 15 years? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I said, well, I don't know about that. I'm not going to make any claims about that. Huh. That's incredible. Now, was you were you and Tracy interested in animals before you, you started all this adoption and everything? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I've always been an animal lover. Well, on Batman, I had some security issues, so I had... Uh, two protection-trained uh, Dobermans, and that's where I learned to handle dogs that uh, you know are for security. So both my wife and I are excellent handlers. Mm-hmm. Um, and combining that with the knowledge and the experience of having 15,500 dogs live in your house, and these are not outside in yards. These are not in some other building. They're in our bedroom, our living room, our kitchen, Everywhere you go. <laughs> and on our website at GentleGiantsRescue.com, people can go there. And on our facilities page, there is a video of my wife and I in bed with 27 of our dogs. Wow. That's all of them that could fit in the room because these are giant. These, I have Great Danes that stand on their hind legs seven foot five, four inches taller than Shaquille O'Neal wow. and weigh 285 pounds. These are giant dogs. People can't believe how big they are. Uh-huh. So you've but really they, gone to the dogs, so Bert. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, I tell everybody with my wife, I'm on a very short leash. <laughs> now, when you mentioned that you had Dobermans back when you were on Batman, that brought to mind all of a sudden, wasn't there an episode where there were some Dobermans in the show? Uh, it just it just came to mind, and I, I thought... If you if they were, you know, were they yours? I, you're right, but I don't know where. And in fact, you know, like I make these appearances, and I have somebody that's worked with me for more than 25 years, who is a Batman nut <laughs> in, a, in a nice way. No, no, I understand. And he can yes, tell you every fact about everything, and and you know, and it's so funny because people come up and they'll say to me, "Well, you know, in that King Tup episode, there were six henchmen, and." Um, they had different names on their shirts. Can you tell me the name of the, on the shirt of each of those six henchmen? I said, I can't tell you what I had for breakfast this morning. But my friend, and who works with me, he just rattles it off. I mean, it's like crazy. Wow. So, it, you know, it, it, but people really are Bat fans. And, you know, we've got this brand new Batman movie that came out that's been so highly reviewed yeah. with great reviews and People, reviewers saying this is the best Batman feature that came out in 2016, and that incorporates comparing it to the huge $100 million-plus Batman features in theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people love our, our show, and in fact, they love it so much, we're making another one with Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. And in this one, there's a whole bunch of villains. The main villain is Two-Face being played by none other than William Shatner. Really? I mean, can you imagine, here you have the two most iconic television shows in history, Batman and Star Trek, mm-hmm. and, the, and the stars of the shows are working together. Wow. Huh. Now, 
Adam is in the, in doing Batman. You're doing Robin. Yes, and, right, and Julie Newmar does Catwoman. Okay, I was going to say, is Julie in that one also? Because she was in the, the Cape Cru- Return of the Cape Crusaders, right? Yes, absolutely. And 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 I'll I'll just tell you that that I, I uh, there's so much talk about even Adam and I reuniting in a live show, and even though we're so much older, I mean, if you think about it for a minute, I mean, I'm still in great shape, and so is Adam. But but my point is, when Star Trek the series went off the air, the the original series, you know, look what you know. Uh, Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner went out and made a bunch of Star Trek movies. Mm-hmm. They were a lot older, and it, people didn't care. In fact, if anything, they loved them more because they were so endeared to them. You know, oh, yeah, it's the characters. Yeah. So I just envisioned that we, if if we got another show, it could be great because you know here could be a call uh, that Gotham City and maybe Batman's retired and now he's got to come out of retirement and he goes to the closet and he opens up this closet and dust billows out of the closet <laughs> and he's you know trying to take a broom and 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 get the dust off his costume and here I am struggling to pull up my tights I mean people would be roaring of course it would be so funny yeah yeah it would it would be fun i mean you know there's so so many fans out there that it would just draw an audience for sure i mean like when you did uh what was the one you did uh return to the bat cave was it yes yeah you know that one yeah people the, the return to the return of the uh well return to the bat cave the misadventures of adam and bert yes that was a sunday night cbs um um movie of the week mm-hmm and, 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 oh, I know people just, they go nuts over this. I mean, look at the merchandising out there right now. There's a whole 1966 Batman uh, comic book series. Mm-hmm. There is every Batmobile, toy, costume. There are lifelike um, caricatures of us um, that, I mean, when you see them, I mean, unless you feel them and you see that they're, Hard, you know, silhouettes. They look just like Adam and I. I mean, they're so photorealistic. Yeah. yeah. Could you ever There's imagine? There's an 11 and a half foot tall Batman one arm bandit that's in all the major casinos in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And uh, with four photos, big photos, uh, bigger than life size of me and four of Adam. Um, and there's a brand new uh, Stern pinball. It's got this amazing new pinball machine coming out. It's just now coming out that Adam and I, each of us, recorded more than 300 lines of dialogue that's actually in the pinball machine. Oh, wow. And there's an HD television or monitor put in the pinball machine that plays the Batman episodes, and the the, the pinball machine projects the bat signal on the wall <laughs> behind the pinball machine. I wow. Mean, it's, it's really, people are really going all the way with this. Wow, that's incredible. Jeez. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, but did you ever think when you were, you know, first going in for the audition for Robin that it it would turn into what it turned into? Well, absolutely not, because I didn't even know what I was going in for. 
I, I, I was selling real estate for my with my father on the weekends, studying acting both at UCLA and professionally, wanted to be an actor. And I fortunately sold a house to a producer named Saul David, who was kind enough to send me to an agent. And the agent was not all that excited. In fact, he said, I can't use another actor. I can't get work for the ones I've got. Don't expect to work for a year. And if you do, you might get a one-line walk-on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, oh, geez. So anyway, I didn't hear from them for about oh, five or six weeks. And then I got a call from them. They said, there's something over at 20th Century Fox. Go on over there. They didn't give me a name of anything. They didn't tell me what it was about. Just go on over there, you know? Mm-hmm. So I went there. And and I didn't even know who to ask for, but they said, oh, no, you must be here for this project. Okay, come on in. I meet a casting director who was very nice, and he said, would you like to meet the executive producer? I said, sure. I mean, I figured everybody got to meet the executive producer. Well, that's not true. <laughs> but anyway, I, I but I didn't know that. So I went in to meet the executive producer, and I grabbed his hand. And, Hello, sir, right in his eyes. And he's like, he couldn't believe it. I'm so, you know, forward, I guess. <laughs> And uh, he said, well, you're kind of big for this part. I said, oh, I promise you, sir, I won't grow anymore. <laughs> and he loved that. He loved, how could anybody promise anybody that right. I'm not going to grow anymore, right? <laughs> and and it, it, we just had a nice conversation. He said, would you like to do a screen test? I said, of course. I figured everybody got to do a screen test. Well, that's not true either, as I found out later. But anyway, so I did a screen test, and I was put together with Adam West. I don't think it was coincidental. I think it was in plan. But in any event, um, I did a screen test. Uh, broke a brick with my—I mean, a board with my hand. I did some um, some you know moves in uh, martial arts. Anyway, the long and short of it was, I before I was ready to leave. I mean, I, now I did this by the way uh, in my civilian clothes, and all that was written on the on the script. It wasn't actually just a few pages of dialogue. Just said Bruce and Dick. Didn't say anything else. Didn't describe what it was. And just before I was ready to leave, they said, oh, oh no, no, you're, you can't leave yet. You need to go over to the trailer. We have two wardrobe men there who are going to help you get dressed. I said, I- I'm fully capable of getting dressed myself. <laughs> no, 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 you don't understand. You don't understand. You, you go over to that trailer over there, and they're going to be waiting for you. And I'm like, oh, my God. All right. So I go over to the trailer. I walk in. Here's these two guys. And they said, we're here to help you get dressed. And again, I said, I am perfectly capable of getting dressed. They said, well, you might have a little problem with what you're going to be putting on. And I looked down on this, like a couch bed, day bed, whatever. And it it was tights and a T-shirt and trunks and these funny-looking boots and, <laughs> and, and a vest and a cape and a mask and gloves and all this stuff. I said, I'm going to put this on? Oh, yeah, yeah. You're putting it on. And long story short, I put it on. Got to be the most uncomfortable thing I ever wore in my entire life. Wow. Right? And I, I, let me, all I can tell you is this. Man was not built for tights. Okay? <laughs> not built for tights. And I came out of that dressing room. I could barely walk. I mean, it was a, and so I and I say, what is this? Is it nobody said anything about Batman and Robin? And by the way, where I lived, they had Superman comic books, but they didn't have Batman. Really? So I had never even heard of Batman or Robin. But anyway, I walk over to the set and, and kind of, you know, not even knowing what to do in this crazy outfit. And there is Adam West. OK, 
and he's in this completely crazy outfit too. <laughs> and it was kind of funny because when I looked in his face and I saw his face in that mask, he looks cross-eyed in his mask, <laughs> which immediately makes you laugh. Yeah. You know, you can't help but laugh. So, in any event, I, and and nobody's, I, I, they they didn't say. You know, I mean, it was the two of us talking, so it wasn't like, you know, me saying something where somebody was describing Batman or that we what we Batman and Robin did. I had no idea. Anyway, I leave after this god awful experience in that costume. Six weeks go by. I get phone calls every, you know, maybe twice a week. Uh, what from the studio? Uh, what's your shoe size? Oh, okay. And or what's your hat size? Well, I don't wear hats. Well, you got to go get your head measured. I said, why am I getting my head? You know, all of this stuff goes on for six weeks, and these agents who couldn't care less about me, all of a sudden called me after six weeks and said, you know, we've decided, c- come on in, we're going to have you sign contracts. I said, great. And I went to there and I sat down and I figured I'm going to sign these agency contracts. So now I'll be formally, you know, a, a, a client where I'm actually represented by Hollywood agents. Well, when I looked down at the contract, it didn't have the name of the agency. It said 20th Century Fox. I said, what's this? They said, what do you mean? It's your, it's your contract with the studio. I said, I don't know anything about this. And they said, you mean the studio didn't tell you that you were awarded the part of Robin? I said, no. And guess what? When I talked to the studio, they said, you mean the agents didn't tell you that you got this part? So I actually had the part for about four of the six weeks. And and while I suffered wondering if I might even get it, and I had it. But I didn't know it because nobody told me. Jeez. Huh. So that's kind of like show business. Is. It's kind of goofy and crazy. Yeah. Uh, but I, have, I had a lot of fun on Batman, other than ending up going to the emergency hospital so much from third-degree burns, explosions. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Oh, my Did God. you get hurt very often? Uh, I went to the emergency hospital four out of the first six days. Wow. Now, let me tell you something. You know it's a bad sign, okay, as an actor. If you're tied down on a table and you can't move, and you and you, these special effects guys are setting explosive charges, you know what I mean? <laughs> and you're tied down. You can't protect your face or your body. And as they walk past you at 8 o'clock in the morning, you smell liquor on their breath. Oh, jeez. Right? Don't worry, Bert. <laughs> Very bad sign. So all these things, and oh, my gosh. And then they're, and in that particular show, they set these small charges because it was supposed to be what they call a breakaway wall. In other words, it looks like a real wall, mm-hmm. but it's supposed to be made out of balsa wood. So when they set a small charge, it blows apart, you know, and it looks like, Wow, that whole thing blew apart. Well, the studio, in its infinite wisdom, had forgotten to build a breakaway wall. They had regular two-by-fours. I mean, like you'd build a house. Mm -hmm. This thing wasn't going to come down with a small charge. So the special effects guys, under the pressure to do something quick, used two half-sticks of dynamite. And nearly blew the entire soundstage down. And one of the two-by-fours that came down, landed on my nose, and broke my nose. <sighs> Boom. Back to the emergency hospital. <laughs> I honestly didn't think I was going to survive the first week. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Welcome later to the Later on, camera, by huh? the way, I found out, that, <laughs> later on I found out that the studio had taken out, and in 1966, it was pretty sizable, a $3 million life insurance policy on me. Mm. And 
And I'll tell you, by the last couple episodes in 1968, I thought they were trying to collect on that policy. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> that is incredible. Jeez. Now, I, I know we're limited on time. You got a few, few minutes for a few more questions? or Sure. Okay. Um, these are things that I, I, I came across on the Internet, and you know how that is. It, it can be true. It cannot be. Uh, but uh, is it true that you were a skater in uh, when you were like two, three years old? In like a- Yes. Yeah, my father put me to work early. He believed that uh, you should start work young, and so I started at two years of age. I think that's a little too early, don't you, to yeah. start working? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I was, uh, because my father owned a traveling ice show, I uh, actually became the world's youngest professional ice skater at age two. Wow. So, uh, I, and you know, it's kind of funny. I don't remember much about it, but I do remember skating around in this giant arena where everything was dark. Because remember, in these huge arenas, you know, the people are in the dark and, and the lights are on, you know, on the ice uh, and on me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but I do remember skating around. First, I went around with two other professional skaters and then they let me go and I skated around that whole rink by myself and people were cheering. I mean, my skates are only like four or five inches long. Jeez. Mm. <laughs> I, was, I was a baby. Yeah. Jeez. Now, what about... You recorded some songs with Frank Zappa? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention. Right. (laughs) Let me tell you something. You should see what they look like. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. You know, and it's so funny because Frank Zappa looked absolutely crazy nutty, and yet he was one of the most brilliant musicians I've ever met in my life. Columbia University trained, Mm -hmm. a fabulous musician. And yet he looked crazy, you know. I mean, I mean, not like crazy, crazy, but weird, you know. Right, not no, exactly all American apple pie. And then his group, the Mothers of Invention. I mean, they would come out, they play their songs, and they break their instruments on the stage. <laughs> they just break them with bats and hammers, and oh my god! And and here, what a contrast, right? All yeah, American I was going to say, pie, <laughs> Bob and the Boy Wonder, with these guys that are pretty crazy looking, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, did but the- it was very. It, it was terrific. I recorded a song called "Boy Wonder, I Love You" that became number six on WLS in Chicago. But they ultimately pulled it off the air because in those days the censors were rampant, and and it was really a fan letter I was reading from a little girl who invited me to come spend the whole summer, and she said she'd make breakfast in bed for me. So innocent, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. But of course, you know, you've got all these. Uh, the thought police and oh, you know uh, all all of that you know PC stuff and uh, but it was it was quite popular. Now I also did sing, which was a huge mistake, huge mistake. <laughs> you know, even Clint Eastwood in his movie Daddy, Dirty Harry would say a man's got to know his limitations. Right, <laughs> boy, I I should never have sung. And, and it's funny because uh, one of my daughters when I would have important people over for a business meeting at our, at our home on the beach in Malibu, she'd go get that record and she'd start playing in the background. And people would say, is that a sick cat? I hear, uh, you know, and it was me singing. Oh, my daughter would tease me because, you know, I, Adam and I, we have a very great relationship. I love Adam. Mm -hmm. He's been a, a dear friend for more than 50 years. 
but we do tease each other. I mean, and it's funny because we'll do panels at these big conventions. We get up there and we never practice, never rehearse. We never, we never tell what anyone, you know, or, or each other what we're going to say. And he'll pull up a zinger here or there or me. And, and the audience can tell that there's more going on than just the words we're using. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And, uh, and they, they roar. They think it's hilarious, you know? Yeah. Huh. Now, what about the fact that your costume for Robin was stolen while you were doing a speech at a college? Well, I was voted Man of the Year at Harvard University, and uh, that was pretty good. I was voted uh, over King Juan Carlos of Maine. I mean, of of Spain and all these other prominent people. I was voted Man of the Year, and I went to to uh, have have the award, and I brought the costume, and I set it on the stage on a rack and. During the presentation, some uh, some people from the college said they were with security and that there had been some concern, and they took my costume. And it turned out that they were the ones that were pranking me. And uh, the leader of that uh, of that group of uh, dastardly villains was none other than uh, you know who Conan you know O'Brien. <laughs> That Conan O'Brien, that's right. Uh, that's that's crazy. I mean, obviously, before he became a, a famous writer and all, and, and for shows and his own shows and everything. Right. But uh, that's 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 really uh, a, a real good trivia fact right there. Now, do you still have that costume? No, I uh, donated it for charity, but. I have parts of other costumes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Gloves or masks or, you know what I mean, things like that. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't have a complete costume. But, you know, if you want another piece of trivia, I'll give you a really good piece. Sure. Um, I was friends uh, with Bruce Lee before he appeared on Batman. Really? He, he The same producer, William Dozier, executive producer, produced the Green Hornet that right. produced Batman. and. He decided to introduce the television series Green Hornet by bringing him on to Batman. Mm-hmm. And there was this famous fight scene that I did with Bruce Lee, okay? And there were people making all kinds of comments like, oh, Bert Ward's going to get his rear end kicked and all this <laughs> kind of stuff. But what they didn't know was that I had long been a black belt in karate, and I actually was friends with Bruce Lee. We lived in the same complex of condominiums and he and I used to spar together. You know, that's where you're fighting, but you pull your punches. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, um, and also, um, I was friends with, uh, you know, his wife, Linda. And at that time, his son, Brandon was only six months of age. We would sometimes go down to Chinatown for dinner. And of course, because he had lived in, uh, in Hong Kong for 10 years, you know, he knew all the most authentic things to, um, to order. But the piece of trivia is that, you know, he's got to be the most famous martial artist on television or film you right. know, in history. And Bruce Lee's first filmed fight scene of his career was fighting me. <laughs> on Batman? Yes. Wow. <laughs> and who won? No, they had a draw. They it didn't was a want, draw. Because remember... Uh, Green Hornet and Cato were supposed to be good guys, too. Right, yeah, you were good guys, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there was some knockdown stuff and knocked over tables and kicks and hits and all that kind of stuff, but they they wanted it to be even, and they didn't want it to be really violent, violent. You know, mm-hmm. Batman had violence, but it was bigger than life, what I call violence, yeah. where nobody ever really got hurt. There was no blood. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like the 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 wily coyote and the <laughs> you know exactly. that type of thing. Exactly. Yeah. It was it was suitable for kids of all ages. Put yeah. it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bert, I mean, I could go on and on and listen to what your stories because it's 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 so fascinating and everything. But I know you, you you know you've given us so much time, and I don't want to take advantage of you. But well, it's my pleasure. And any time, I'd love to to do it again. And you know, if your uh, listeners ever want to write into you or have questions, I'll be happy to answer those as well. Okay, and I'd like to finish up with two final quick questions. Taking us sure. away from your your dog food and your acting and everything else you've done. But when you sit back and relax, what's your favorite TV shows now and of the past, and what's your favorite movies now and of the past? Well, the problem is you're making a very large assumption that I have any time in my life to sit back. That's true. (laughs) Which I don't have. Mm -hmm. My wife and I work seven days a week. Yeah. We're very happily married, going on 28 years. But we've been so busy working for the last 28 years that we haven't even taken a vacation together or a honeymoon. Now, of course, my wife would say every day is a honeymoon, but we haven't. I mean, so we work every single day. The only time I watch television is when I go to sleep so I can vicariously hear it and have the news enter my brain while I'm sleeping because that's that's the only time that I have free. Mm-hmm. We, we work all day, seven days a week. We care for so many animals. We have so many projects talking about a new TV series. There's so much we do, every, yeah. and there's not enough hours in the day. I can tell you that for a fact. Yeah, yeah, jeez, yeah. Well, Bert, I want to thank you so much for joining us, and everybody should uh, go out and, and check out your uh, Gentle Giants Rescue and Adoption on the web, and also check out yeah, the dog Gentle food. Yeah, GentleGiantsRescue.com is, is the website address, and also GentleGiantsDogFood.com. And our Facebook page is Gentle Giants Dog Food and Products, and we post the latest information on feeding and care. And I mean, I'll tell you, when you've got dogs living up to 27 years and the only one in the world that is able to do that that I know of, I mean, there's a lot of great information for your listeners out there. Yes, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Bert. I appreciate it very much. Well, thank you, citizen, to the Batmobile. A big thank you going out to Bert Ward for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. Robin himself, Dick Grayson, and it was a lot of fun to have him, and I hope you enjoyed that one. Uh, He's one of those guys that uh, I grew up with, and uh, I was very pleased to have him on our show, and I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, if you uh, want to comment on it, send me a a note at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And I'd love to hear from you, see what you thought about that one or any of the ones that we've had over the years. Or if you have a suggestion, send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. I'll see what I can do about getting that person on. And uh, we had a bunch come in last week. And uh, as always, you know, we we keep looking for them and uh, hopefully we can get these people. uh, I, I apologize if we can't get in touch with some of the ones. We had some really good suggestions over the past year, but uh, some of them I just can't get to. Uh, they don't just don't have a connection that I can get, but um, we're, we're, we're trying. So uh, just keep sending them, and we'll see what we can do about it. It always helps to get those names. So that's it. I hope you enjoyed that. Bert Ward, Robin himself, right here on On Screen and Beyond. That's a wrap for this week. So until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care.